0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, draft lottery results that actually didn't involve the Timberwolves. Plus, uh, a quick playoff update, draft power rankings based on where everybody's draft picks are, where do the Wolves rank with four picks in this upcoming year's draft. Then also, an additional front office rumor for the Timberwolves. What's the new ownership group going to do related to Sachin Gupta and the Timberwolves front office? Who will be running the show when it comes to the fall? Lots to talk about today. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and uh, happy day after the draft lottery that doesn't involve the Timberwolves, which is a really weird thing that no Wolves fan is used to, frankly. We're going to talk about that, plus lots of other stuff on the show today. Thanks for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wolves and at Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, uh packed show today. Draft lottery, uh, draft power rankings based on the Tankathon rankings, which teams have the most picks and, and therefore the most draft capital in this upcoming year's draft. Playoff update, Patrick Beverly's doing his thing on TV, and then I want to talk about front office and uh and and ownership talk. Uh there's there's a a couple of rumors out there related to what the Wolves could do. Uh, if it's not Sachin Gupta, who's running this front office at, you know, at any given point this summer, but potentially, you know, I guess it would have to be the summer, right? It has to be soon. The Wolves are going to make a move. Is that possible? Who might they chase? Who could they chase? Or is it just, or, I mean, should Gupta just run the show? I mean, I I think it's a it's a really strange kind of place the Wolves find themselves, given their aggressive new ownership group. We'll get to that here in a little bit. First, a quick draft lottery update. So the Wolves, of course, have been in in, I don't know, probably 18 to the last 20 draft lotteries, 17 of the last 19 draft lotteries. Of course, they weren't involved this year. They were locked into the 19th pick. um, And there was a bit of movement in in the draft lottery this year. So the Orlando Magic, of course, ended up with the number one pick. They were one of the three teams, along with Houston and Detroit, that had an equal 14% chance to get the first pick. Uh, The Pistons were the big losers among that group, sliding all the way to 15th, or excuse me, 15th fifth, 15th would be out of the lottery, which would be a really dramatic uh, and also impossible conclusion from the draft lottery. The Pistons slid to fifth, which was uh, they had a 14.8% chance to land the fifth pick. So they had their second uh, best chance to slide that far. Their best chance was to slide to sixth. um, But still, when you have a 14% chance to pick first, 13.4 to pick second, you slide to fifth. Certainly disappointing. The Thunder... Um, held on to the second spot, which was uh, a bit of a jump up for them. Their best odds were down at sixth. The Pacers were sixth. Um, uh, the Kings actually leapt, leapt above the Pacers. The the Kings were the big winners. Um, they had just an 8.5% chance to pick fourth. They had roughly uh, like a 30% chance to jump into the top four. And they did just that. They had a, a greater than 55 or 60% ish chance to pick somewhere between seventh and 10th. Um, And they jumped all the way to fourth. So you have the Pistons jumping to fifth. The Kings jumping to fourth. Those are the big winners. Everybody else from uh, below the Kings, uh, or I should say actually below Portland at seven. Um, So eight through 14 went as planned. Um, So, I I mean, the teams that should be most disappointed with where they landed, uh, probably the Pacers, which, you know, wasn't a big surprise to them, stay at six, but certainly the Pistons. And then the Thunder and the Kings were big winners. Uh, Of course, we'll hear lots of rumors about, uh, you know, what what happens this this uh in this draft we're going to have this big debate again about who the number one pick is is it jabari smith is it chet holmgren is it possible that minnesota natives jalen suggs and chet holmgren play together in orlando uh, which would be something uh, of course both playing at gonzaga as well um and there are plenty of mock drafts out there in earnest now once the now that the lottery is completed that involve the timberwolves of course at 19 with their pick i do want to we are going to shift into draft coverage Um, and we're going to do that here probably at the end of the week, but then the the next several weeks are going to be mostly focused on the draft, various mock drafts who uh, I'll go through prospects who should be on the board at 19, who I think the wolves should look at. Then eventually we'll look at some second round prospects as well, because the wolves do have three second round picks in this year's draft. In fact, despite not having a lottery pick, the wolves are number 14. Um, according to tankathon.com, they're 14th in draft capital in terms of draft power rankings. So, I mean, still, you know 14 isn't outstanding but it's in the top half of the league um and ahead of some teams that have better first round picks than them because the wolves have three second round picks minnesota's got 19 they've got the 40th pick the 48th pick and the 50th pick so they actually rank ahead of like say the hawks have the 16th pick of the draft uh but the timberwolves have extra second round picks so they're a couple slots ahead of the hawks in draft power rankings um and uh draft capital i, I mean they, they have some this year. It's unusual. The Wolves have typically been shorthanded when it comes to the draft in recent years. And they don't have many future picks to their name either. They do have all of their first-round picks in the future, including this year, of course. Um, so they have a significant amount of draft capital to shift around. As I've talked about on the show before, I just don't think that the Wolves have the right salaries to make any major uh, trades this offseason. But the draft capital could allow them to... Uh, to, to, to do something right. And also depending on the wolves thought of Landro Balmaro or even guys like Jalen Noel and Balmaro is probably a better example. You know, they could look at somebody like him as, Hey, he, he's essentially our first round pick this year. If they like him, if they feel like he made progress, his jumpers continue to improve and you can trade that pick for somebody who could help your rotation and shed some salary in other areas. Um, then perhaps the wolves end up trading that pick for for a veteran type player. Remember the year this wouldn't be the trade, obviously, but remember uh, that year under Adelman when the Timberwolves had like 16th, I think it was, and they traded it straight up for Chase Budinger the week of the draft. Which if Budinger hadn't gotten hurt, that team was a team that needed uh, you know a top seven, top eight rotation guy. Budinger in his prime could defend, was athletic, could guard multiple positions. You know the 16th pick is is not quite literally, but it's a lottery ticket, right? Draft picks are essentially a lottery, picket, lottery ticket as you get lower into the draft. And if you're an established team, you think you're going to make the playoffs, then, then you know, and you don't, you, you aren't convinced the player you're going to get with that pick is going to help you do that, then you move it. Um, so that's always a possibility as well. There's also packaging picks to move up or for a future pick or whatever that might be. Don't expect the Wolves to take four players in this year's draft uh, because you don't have the roster space to do it sure there'll probably be a draft and stash. If I had to guess sitting here right now, a month out from the draft, the Wolves make a pick at 19. They make one of their second round picks to keep. They probably trade one for a future pick in cash or something like that. And then they, uh, they would, uh, perhaps there's a draft and stash with the other one, or maybe the draft and stash comes at 19. I don't know. Um, but I could see the Wolves using two of the four picks actively this year, trading one, um, and, uh, and potentially stashing uh, uh, the fourth one so and by that i mean drafting somebody who's going to play overseas like bolmaro did uh in 2021 or 2020 2021 his what would have been his rookie year so plenty of draft talk to come here on the show uh, we'll eventually have some guests on to talk about prospects players the wolves could target at number 19 and of course the lockdown nba mock drafts continue to happen we already did the lottery one there will be another couple versions of that and then eventually some that will include everybody in the draft so we'll get in on those as well as we get closer to the actual draft date all right. Uh, next, what I want to do is I want to get into the uh, a quick playoff update, Patrick Beverly, what he's been up to on television the last few days, uh, and uh, then we'll get into some front office stuff. So plenty to cover here still. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 several weeks ago now because I didn't have time to do much else to stay healthy, frankly. I, I wanted better gut health. I wanted to have better energy. Um, and so AG1 was was the way to go. Uh, if you're asking what it is, uh, well, I'll tell you. It's a delicious nutritional supplement with one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, really all the things. It's lifestyle-friendly if you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, or uh, you know, really whatever your, your diet of choices, you can use AG one. It also has less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything and still tastes good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. It's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Uh, athletic greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover it cost him about a hundred dollars a day. So he created athletic greens after experiencing just how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine all by yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/nba network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so the NBA playoffs roll on. Of course, we're in the conference finals now and the first game on uh, on well the first game of the conference finals round. so on Tuesday night we got Boston, Miami Boston led for much of this game and uh, and by the way, now that we're down to just the two series, I think it makes sense to to give to update these just a little bit. but if you missed it, Boston led for much of the game was up at halftime. And then Jimmy Butler went nuts in the third quarter. Uh, and uh, ultimately Butler scored 41 in the game. Boston shot just 2 of 15 from the field in the third. They won the other three quarters. Uh, this was had morphed into almost a blowout the other way after the third quarter. I think uh, what, what they outscored him by like 21 in the third. And then Boston actually put up a bit of a fight in the fourth and got to within 11 points. Uh, they outscored him by 25 in the third quarter. But Jimmy had uh, 41 points on just 19 shots. He was 17 of 18 at the free-throw line. Uh, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks, a vintage Jimmy Butler game, um, which he he certainly can turn those in from time to and more not from time to time, more often than not. Um, and Miami held 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 home court um after this one. Uh, Jason Tatum was pretty good for Boston, 29 points on 21 shots. Jalen Brown had 24 on 17 shots. But Jimmy Butler's fantastic and and Timberwolves fans, I mean Jimmy Butler at his best when healthy is still a top 10 player in the league. There's no question about it. He was when he was in Minnesota. There's a reason that he uh, he had this team in position to get a solid playoff seed. They were, what, fifth in the West when he got hurt that February and slid all the way to eighth when he came back at the end of the season, only were able to win one game against Houston in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler is still so good. And now he's starting to enter that back half of his prime, but he's carrying uh, this team. Well, and obviously, Eric Spolster done a fantastic job, uh, but has them now. With the one zero series lead, still playing at home, of course, for, for uh, game two later this week, um, and then uh, we'll get the the Western Conference series kicking off this evening on Wednesday, Dallas at Golden State at eight pm on TNT. So we'll keep tabs on those series. Lots of former Timberwolves. I, I tweeted this. Uh, I think it was I think it was Dane Moore that tweeted out a clip of the Wolves from a few years ago, and all five guys are no longer on the team that were on the court, um, and four of the five. Got to at least the second round of the playoffs this year. Actually, all five were in the playoffs to so include the play-in because Gorgie Jang was on the Hawks, but the other four are all in the playoffs and three of them are still playing. I mean, Tyus Jones was, of course, eliminated with Memphis. We got Andrew Wiggins and Damian Bialica playing still for the Golden State Warriors, and you've got Jimmy Butler on the Heat. Um, so three of the five are playing in the conference finals for for different teams. It's just uh, it's crazy uh, how this thing how this thing goes. But anyway, we'll keep tabs on those guys. We'll keep tabs on both series as we move forward. And then the the last thing uh, related to this is Patrick Beverly, of course, has been on TV. He did some fill in stuff. I think late last week on ESPN, the get up morning show and uh, did some stuff remotely. Now he's been in studio with former teammate JJ Reddick. And um, I don't know. I, Pat Bev is Pat Bev, right? Like, absolutely love him in the context of the Timberwolves. He is he is kind of perfect for for hot take TV, frankly, because a lot of what he says is that. Um, and obviously, he's extremely uh, intelligent and knowledgeable about the game of basketball. But some of his takes on on James Harden and why he should get a super supermax, uh, him and JJ Reddick talking about that was uh, was something. Um, and then also semi quasi recruiting LeBron James to Minnesota. Something tells me Pat Bev will not be. Uh, will not be fined for tampering, but he was being pressed on where LeBron should play, and he wasn't really saying anything. The host of the show, who was a fill-in on this particular day, it wasn't Max Kellerman, uh, said basically, "Hey, you're you're playing this really coy," and he's like, "Why I can't, I." play for a team i can't say where i want lebron james to play which is 100 percent true so he handled that correctly and then he proceeded to say having him in minnesota would be great he could he could mentor anthony edwards um you know we have a young core we're tough blah 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 which is true and remember lebron did say that he would go and play wherever his son was drafted not this draft but the following one when he is a free agent so there you go i mean who knows at this point he could be a second round pick he could be an undrafted addition if if that holds true um assuming the salary demands aren't crazy for 40-year-old LeBron or whatever he'll be next year, um, LeBron's still a good player. So let's, let's talk about it. Um, obviously, Pat Bev's a free agent next year as well. But um, I thought that was really entertaining. Um, so anyway... I I don't know if he's on still the rest of this week, but so much of what he said is just Patrick Beverly being Patrick Beverly, and most of his takes were not correct. Um, Just being entertaining, and that's that's what Pat Bev's all about, um, as Timberwolves fans know. So go check out Pat Bev on Get Up. If you miss those clips, they're all over. There's no way you miss the clips. They're all over the internet. Um, So go check that out, because... Pat Bev is Pat Bev. Okay, I want to close the show by talking about Sachin Gupta and uh, Dane Moore had a, a, a Timberwolves front office rumor. John Krasinski, Darren Wolfson, and the Twin Cities have been reporting on various front office things for the Timberwolves. Could the Timberwolves hire, they currently don't have a president of basketball operations. Um, will they hire somebody who then would would be Sachin Gupta's boss or, or work with Sachin Gupta? It's all very... Sticky, honestly. Um, so let's try and parse that a little bit here next and, and what could potentially happen next in this uh, in this offseason regarding the Timberwolves front office. So we're going to do that next. First of all, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories, but it had 16 grams of protein. That's exactly what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs on, I think, Monday or maybe over the weekend. I had my first one earlier this week. I've never had anything like it before. They're absolutely fantastic. Can't promise they'll be there for long, but you can go get them today at built.com. If you haven't tried Built Puffs, I'll let you in on a secret a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar is what a Built Puff is. I, I know it, it sounds like it's not a thing, but but it is, and it's delicious, and it is healthy. Um, covered in 100% real chocolate. You can make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered covered in 100% real chocolate, that means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to Bilt.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Bilt.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter just orders the parts that are on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could order from Rock Auto, they're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers now for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer. And Rock Auto has everything you could possibly need, from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even a new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So the Timberwolves front office situation's been interesting ever since Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie entered the picture now, uh, 13, 13 and a half months ago or so, last April. And uh, they've talked... Certainly, since Gristen Rosas was dismissed last fall, of course, all the the allegations of hostile work environment and the inappropriate relationship, etc. After he was dismissed, there was talk about hiring, uh, you know, a top executive to lead the team. I think the new owners, Lori and Rodriguez, have mostly been uh, appropriate with their public comments and coy about it. But all the reporting um, is that th- is that they want to they want to make a splash, right? That's that's. I'm mo you're talking about a tech billionaire and a, a former major league baseball superstar and hall of fame caliber player who's very involved in a variety of businesses visible he's a tv commentator these guys want to make a splash right um and and, and money's not going to be an object for them when it comes to this right they're not going to penny pinch when it comes to the person leading basketball ops and neither nor should they um It's also a little bit awkward because Sachin Gupta was given the job last... I'm sorry, he was not given the job. He kept his title of executive VP of basketball operations last fall, but was given oversight over the entire department. They didn't bring anybody else in, but they also didn't promote him. Um, And Doogie Wolfson, Darrell Wolfson, had reported on his podcast, I think last week on the Scoop podcast, maybe it was early this week, uh, eh, last week maybe, that uh, Gupta had something in his contract that basically... I mean, he could stay on, but not necessarily be in charge. And there's allowances for pay raises, et cetera. And now there's some additional reporting. Uh, Dane Moore of the, the Dane Moore NBA podcast uh, reported on Twitter on uh, Tuesday morning that Sachin Gupta remains in charge of the Timberwolves front office. Sources say new ownership remains focused on hiring a, quote, top five. This is, these are the quotes in Dane's tweet that he put in quotes. So the source must have said the actual words, top five president of basketball operations to work with Gupta in the front office. Um, obviously, interesting phrasing it says work with Gupta. Um, do the rules is that the route they want to go? They're, not, they're probably not going to find co-presidents of basketball operations. That feels like, I mean, it is a storyline from the office in terms of the, the, the sitcom, the office with co-managers. It doesn't generally work out if, if that's the goal. If you're going to hire somebody who's the president and keep Gupta at EVP, even if you give him a monetary you know, raise, that wouldn't f- probably feel great. Remember, Gupta almost went to Houston last offseason prior to the Rosa stuff to work with his former bosses uh, and, and the new president of basketball operations there. Obviously, Daryl Morey's been gone now for a couple of years. Um, that was an option for him. So Gupta could simply leave if he's not selected to lead. Uh, to lead the team. And, if, and he's still a candidate. That was according to John Krasinski of the athletics saying the Timberwolves are still considering Sachin Gupta, a ca- a candidate to actually earn that new title of president of basketball operations and, and continue leading the front office. But if you're going to bring somebody in and you want to make a splash, who are the top five execs? Well, I would say at least three, if not four of them are still playing now. And what would be the incentive for a my or I mean, <laughs> Pat Riley's not coming, you know, Bob Myers isn't leaving Golden State. I mean, that's that's three of your five right there. And obviously Dallas's front office is well regarded as well. I mean, perhaps you could hire somebody away from Dallas. Uh, you know, you could argue uh uh I guess Brad Stevens. I mean, he's not leaving Boston either, right? Um obviously you hear he's not still his team's not still playing, but um you're not gonna get Brad Stevens from Boston and, and you're not gonna you're likely not gonna get my side. I mean, he's doing a really good job. Uh, in in ter- Toronto, to, to say the least. Um, they were much better than people expected this year, and his teams have been perennially good. I believe he's got ownership stake in Toronto. Uh, I mean, those are probably, in some order, your top four or five guys. I forget how many I just listed, but that's probably about it. Who else are you going to hire? I mean, if you hire a young, up-and-coming person, even if they're well-regarded, to replace Sachin Gupta, what? Do you, why not just hire Gupta? Are there many guys who are second-in-command league-wide who would be higher regarded or highly more highly sought after by other front offices or by other ownership groups to run their front offices. I just don't know what splash would necessarily be better. Now, we haven't seen Gupta do anything um, besides the Beverly extension. Um, Sachin Gupta has been um, in charge since, like, what, mid-September last year, right before training camp. He hasn't done much, which, by the way, I'm okay with that. This is another conversation, but to be clear, I'm not complaining about that. The choice to to be inactive at the trade deadline is, is an active choice, right? Because the Timberwolves could have done something. There were plenty of things on the table. There were plenty of things they could have done, but they opted to stand pat. And, and that is that is not just a passive approach. That's an active choice and uh, probably a smart one. Um, and so, which is, of course, the opposite of what Gerson Rosas did primarily uh, over the course of his his term running the front office. So it's not like Gupta's just sat there and let the season happen to him. He's, he's been active in trade talks. They've obviously uh, you know, been, been involved. It'll be interesting to see what comes of the draft too, which is another really interesting deal, right? Like all the draft prep is happening now. It, it, the draft is effectively right after the finals. So um, you're not going to hire anybody away from a team that's currently playing. More likely than not, certainly not one of the big names, not one of the in chart, not a Stevens or anybody like that, not a not Pat Riley, not Bob Myers. You're not hiring those guys anyway. So is it somebody like uh, you know from a front office of a team you know like a Ujiri that who who is who's um, no longer playing? But again, time of year is tough. These names are tough. Like, are you really going to lure somebody to Minnesota? Yes, they have a promising roster, but they're not the only team with the promising roster. Um, and the D'Angelo D- D- Russell conversation and that decision looms. Um, All that to say, I appreciate that the Timberwolves want to be in those conversations. This is actually a really healthy departure from what we've seen in the past, which is, "Ah, who could we get? They're like, who wants to come here? But Lori and Rodriguez know that their names and the culture they're building and and the success of this young roster last year, and Chris Finch, hopefully as a head coach, is attractive to most front offices um, or most front office candidates. The Timberwolves taking the approach of we can hire the best, and let's start there and work our way back, is refreshing, um, and if it, I, I, sitting here right now, unless it's one of the aforementioned guys who's not, who have already said is not going to come to Minnesota, not because it's Minnesota, but because why would they leave their current situation unless the Wolves like double their salary or something crazy, which is unlikely to happen, um, uh, then Gupta is a, a fantastic option to, to stay on. If we're given everything we know about him, he's done a good job and he has the credentials to continue to succeed. So, uh, this is going to be super interesting to follow. And as long as there's still reporting out there from, you know, Krasinski and and Wolfson and Dane Moore, uh, that the Timberwolves are looking at somebody additional to lead the front office, then we have to consider that it's a real possibility. Um, it would be weird for it to happen too long after the draft. Uh, it wouldn't be unheard of. Uh, but then of course, after the draft is free agency almost immediately. Um, it'd be weird for it to happen after most of the offseason movements are done. Uh, but We'll see. And then of course there's a Chris Finch angle too. Most front offices are going to want to bring in their guy. Uh, technically Finch wasn't actually Gupta's guy. I mean, Gupta was in the front office, but Gupta wasn't the one selecting and hiring Finch himself. They obviously get along great and they're, they want to work with each other. Uh, but it was a little bit strange in that the Wolves have somebody new ish leading their front office and, and he inherited a head coach and they're super happy together. Uh, they want to work together, but what about the new guy they hired to work with Gupta or above Gupta? Is that going to be the same sentiment? Uh, we don't know. Uh, Chris Finch obviously had a fantastic season and, and I'd be shocked if somebody came in and removed him immediately. But, um, you know, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen next. So we'll obviously keep a pulse on the situation. Um, the rest of this week on the show, I do want to do the Carlton town season review. That's the only one we haven't done. We'll likely do that Thursday. Um, Pending any additional news obviously and then uh, we'll close out the week of course Monday through Friday still here throughout the off season, at least uh, through the draft and, and through free agency really um, so be sure you're following and subscribe to the show thank you to those of you that do make lockdown wolves your first listen every day of course the show's available everywhere including YouTube we're, we're uh, at what like nine months now on YouTube so go subscribe on YouTube comment like the like the episode definitely appreciate that you can also follow on any of the audio platforms Apple Google Spotify Odyssey. You can follow on Twitter at Wolves and also at BBeacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for today. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. As long as you're making us your first listen, don't forget to make your second listen, the Locked On NBA show. From the first jump ball the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.